A long time ago, in the land of Judea, there lived a husband and wife named Zechariah and Elizabeth. Zechariah served as a priest in the temple, and both him and Elizabeth were faithful to God, following his laws all their lives. As they got older, they still hadn't had any children of their own, which they deeply desired. One day, when it came time for Zechariah to offer prayers to God by lighting incense in the temple, there was a great brightness, and an angel of the Lord suddenly appeared before him. Zechariah shook with fear, but the angel Gabriel said, Do not be afraid. I have been sent by God to tell you this great news. You and your wife will have a child, and you are to call him John. He will bring great joy to you, and many will rejoice in knowing him. Even with a bright angel in front of him, Zechariah had a hard time believing. How can this be? Surely we're too old to have a child. Don't you understand, Gabriel said? I stand in the presence of God. Because of your lack of belief, your speech will fail you until after your child is born. And with that, Gabriel was gone. Zechariah could not speak, but his wife, Elizabeth, began to grow with child. Good morning, Willow. It is so good to be with you at all of our campuses. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. I draw your attention to the fact that a year ago, last Christmas, most of us were on our couches, the buildings were closed, and we've come a long way in a year. Can we thank God for that? That is an exciting thing to be able to gather together. And can I say, I have been around to all of our campuses and seen all of the Christmas decorations. Isn't this beautiful? Can we give it up for staff and volunteers? So many volunteers that have made this place look so Christmassy this season. Well, I love everything about Christmas. I love the cookies. I love the songs. I love the decorations. I love everything about Christmas except the waiting. I hate waiting for Christmas. I'm 48 years old and I still hate waiting to open gifts. Okay. Hey, settle something for me. How many of you Open gifts on Christmas Eve. Your family opens gifts on Christmas Eve. Okay, yeah. And then how many of you open them on Christmas morning like Jesus wants us to? Okay? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's hard. It's really hard to wait for those Christmas gifts to be open. In fact, a little confession time. I see some of you out here, and I will bet that some of you Some of you, when you were kids, you walked around the house when mom and dad weren't home looking in closets and under beds to try and find Christmas gifts. Yes, I see you. I see you laughing. I see you feeling guilty right now. Some of you even would take those gifts if they were wrapped and you would shake them to find out what they were, didn't you? Didn't you? How many of you, how many of you actually would take a piece of tape one piece of tape and pull it off to see what was on there and what was the Christmas gift and then wrap it back carefully. Would you raise your hand and confess that before the Lord? Yes, let's pray for these people right now. Jesus, they need your help. Oh, man. Well, I'll tell you what. What I'd like to do is I'd like to show you a couple of people in Scripture that were waiting for their Christmas gift. If you want to meet me in Luke chapter 1, we're going to pick it up in verse 5. It says, In the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah 
who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife Elizabeth was also a descendant of Aaron. And both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. So these are pastor's kids, okay? And they're good people. They're good people. And in verse 7 it says, however, they were childless. Because Elizabeth was not able to conceive. And not only were they childless, they were both very old. So they had been waiting and waiting for a long time. And the truth is, is that as we come into this Christmas season, there are those of us that are ready to sing joy to the world. But there are also some of us who have been waiting on some things. And it is honestly a pretty difficult season. Some of you, like um, uh, Elizabeth, maybe have been waiting to get pregnant. It took us 15 months uh, before when we started trying to have a baby, and it, took, it, was, it was a tough wait. Um, some of you have struggled with infertility. Some of you have struggled with miscarriages. Rachel and I uh, look forward to meeting our fifth child in heaven because we lost a baby in between number two and number three. Um, some of you have dealt with that. Elizabeth and Zechariah are dealing with that, but what compounds it for them is that in their culture, their superstitious culture, people would look on those who had children and say, oh, God has blessed you with a child. But if you did not have a child, they would see that as God's sort of curse or displeasure on your life. And so these religious people, were walking around waiting. They were walking around with the hurt of not having had their baby. And now they're old, in their old age. And they have to deal with the fact that there's probably some people going, you know, they seem like good people, but there must be something wrong. Because God's not blessing them with a child. And they're waiting. Now, not only are they waiting for a child, but they, with all of Israel, are waiting for the Messiah. You see, 700 years earlier, 700 years before this time, there was the prophecy, that famous Christmas prophecy, wonderful, counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace is going to be born, that Messiah is going to come. And 700 years Israel has been waiting 25 times they have been occupied by other nations. And now they are occupied by Rome. And they have been waiting and waiting for their Messiah to rise up and bring them freedom. Now, for us, we usually, if we're reading the Old Testament and then we flip over to the New, we'll, we'll flip a page. And it just takes, you know, a second to flip the page from Malachi to Matthew. But for us, we flip that page. You need to understand that that time between God speaking through the prophets and the time that the angel shows up in the New Testament is 400 years. It's 400 years of waiting. 400 years of silence. 400 years of people probably wondering, man, is God even real? Is this, is this all for naught? Like, why do we keep worshiping in the temple? God doesn't even seem to be showing up. So let me just stop real quick and ask you, how are you waiting? Is there anything that you're waiting on this Christmas? Are you that 
single person that was mentioned earlier that is just just hoping that at some point you'll meet that someone are are, are you waiting and waiting and waiting are you that that person that is, is is gripped with anxiety and depression and you're just waiting and waiting for some relief in your life have you been waiting and waiting on a breakthrough in your career or maybe you've been waiting and waiting because you really don't like where your, your marriage is headed and you've been praying and you've been working, you've been trying to see this thing, you know, take a turn for the better, but you're just waiting and waiting and waiting. Some of you are waiting for test results that may change the rest of your life. Can I share with you that even though God may be silent, God's silence does not indicate God's absence. You may be praying and feeling as though your prayers are just hitting the ceiling and not going anywhere, but I will tell you there is story after story in Scripture, the story that we'll look at today that would indicate that God's silence does not indicate God's absence. In the book, The Dance of Hope, Bill Frey tells a story about a a blind student that he is mentoring at the University of Colorado. And one day, Bill asks the blind student, he says, he says how, did, how did this happen to you? Were you born blind or was there an accident? And the boy, his name is John, he recounts um, the tragedy with which uh, he was, he was um, left blind, but then also said, you know what, I didn't just lose my sight, I lost hope. And he said these words, quote, I was bitter and angry with God for letting it happen. And I took my anger out on everyone around me. I felt that since I had no future, I wouldn't lift a finger on my own behalf. You know what? Just let others wait on me, he said. I shut my bedroom door and I refused to come out except for meals. And Bill is looking at this kid and he's going, well, something must have happened because this is a happy kid. This is a, this is a great kid. This is a kid that's thriving in life. So like, what happened? And the kid said, well, I trace it back to when my dad just got tired of my pity party. And he came into me one day and he said, winter's coming. I need you to put the storm windows on the house. He said, the material's in the garage. Get it done by the time I get home or else. And slammed the door and left. And John said, I was mad. He said, I remember walking out to the garage and finding my way out there and just cursing out loud. Just, you know what? They're going to be real happy when I fall off these ladders and, and hurt myself. They're going to be so happy about that. And he just was real bitter and angry. But you know what? He said he found the supplies. He climbed the ladder. He installed the storm windows. It took him a long time, but he did that, and he said, actually, my dad's assignment accomplished the two goals that my dad had. It was, one was to get the storm windows up, but the real goal was that I would stop feeling sorry for myself and that I would realize that I had worth and I would realize that I, I could do something about this and that I, 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 could, I could reconstruct not just some windows, but I could reconstruct my life. And then the blind student faced John uh, faced Bill and with tears in his sightless eyes said, and you know what I found out years later? That my dad had never been more than four feet away from me the entire time. When I went up the ladder, 
he went up the ladder right behind me. And if I'd ever fallen, my dad was there to catch me. Folks, that's a human father. You have a heavenly father. God's absence or God's silence does not mean his absence. God's silence does not mean his absence. Let's keep reading so you can see this. In verse 8 it says, Once when Zechariah's division was on duty and he was serving as priest before God, he was chosen by Lot, according to the custom of the priesthood, to go into the temple of the Lord and to burn incense. Now, this was a, a custom back then. They would, they would have short straws and long straws, and this was a way that they would cast lots, or they would have little uh, coins that they would flip. This is not gambling, okay? This was their way of trying to receive the will of God. When they had a decision to make, they would try to receive the will of God through sort of saying, do you want to go this way or this way, God? And they would cast lots. In Proverbs 16, it says, the lot is cast into the lap, but it's every decision is from the Lord. You see, they believed, Zechariah believed, that God's silence did not mean his absence and that he was working through this lot casting. But did you notice the couple of words, the couple of words that, Zechariah was doing. It says that Zechariah was on duty and that he was serving before God. He was working. Zechariah was on duty and he was serving before God. Now, if I've been waiting for a long time and I feel as though my prayers are kind of hitting the ceiling and that God is not there, I'd be tempted to be bitter. I'd be tempted to be discouraged, disillusioned, frustrated. I would, be, I would be at the point that if God said, okay, now I want you to kind of serve me more. I want you to be on duty. I want you to do more in church. I want you to, to serve me. I would be tempted to go, no way. But Zechariah understood that there's work to be done in the waiting. There's work to be done in the waiting. Now, you know this, that there are different types of waiting, right? There's just different types of waiting. When our kids were toddlers, they would wait for mom or for dad to get home. And they would wait in a very special way. When one parent would say, hey, you know, dad's coming home, or, you know, hey, mom's coming home, because we got the text or that sort of thing, the kids, toddlers, would run up to the window And they would do this thing where they would clench their fists and they would look intently and stretch their their, their necks and they would kind of do this dance thing like they're super excited, you know. And then when they saw the car, they would point and they would go, Daddy's home, Daddy's home, Daddy's home. And then, (laughs) then when I would come in the garage door, I would hear this. You know, and they're running, and I see them coming, and they just run and jump, and they give Dad this big hug. There was this active waiting. That's what toddlers do. But I have teenagers now. (laughs) I have teenagers now. And they don't wait in the same way. My teenagers play this game with me. Where when I get home, they pretend that playing their video games is more important than dad coming home. Now, I know that's not how they feel. 
But they play a game like that where they pretend that they're more excited about their video games than dad coming home. To the point that sometimes I'll have to go up into their room and sort of go, hey, oh, hey, hey, how you doing? And they take their headsets off. And, you know, (laughs) this is what I get. So. Like, I used to get, daddy's home, daddy's home. Now I just get, like, one-word answers. Hey, how was school? Good. How you doing? Sup. You know, this kind of thing. Now, I know, they pretend. I know what that means is, Father, we are so delighted that you have come home from your day of providing for our family. And we cannot wait until video game time is done so that we can sit around the dinner table and share the details of our day and have quality time together. I know that's what they mean when they say, so. You know, there's active waiting and then there's passive waiting. There's a waiting where you're just kind of sitting around. You're not all that concerned. You're not all that expectant. There's active, expectant waiting, and there's passive waiting. Now, King David knew this. King David, who'd been waiting for God to show up in his life, he writes in Psalms, his song book, Psalm 27, 13, he says, I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. The Hebrew word there is chava, and it means an active, working, waiting. It's an expectant, confident, active waiting. I used to wait tables, and there was nothing passive about it, right? We were preparing for people to come even before they came we would we would clean the dishes we would put the menus on the table we would fill all the condiments back up we would we would get ready for the people to come there was nothing passive about it guys where do you need to have chava waiting this christmas season there's work in the waiting I'm inspired by people that are waiting for a better job, but they're not passive about it. I'm inspired by the people that say, you know what? I'm taking classes at night. I'm showing up early to work. I've got a great attitude, even though I'm a little frustrated with the position that I'm in, but I'm praying about it, and someday it's going to happen, and it's going to be great. And I look at people waiting like that, and I go, I'd love to hire somebody like that. I see, I heard a single person tell me one time, yeah, I want to be married. But you know what I'm doing right now? I'm working on becoming, this. I hope I get this right, becoming the one, the one I would want, would want. Does that make sense? Like they said that to me and I thought, becoming the one, the one I would want, would want. And I'm just looking at this person with a big smile on their face and I'm going, that, that is active waiting. I see the people that come into church and they don't just come in and sit down and kind of just dare somebody to talk to them. They come in, they say, you know what? I want to get connected. I'm going to get in a small group. I'm going to get on a team. I'm going to, I'm going to connect and I want everything that God has for me in this place. And they're actively waiting. Zechariah kept serving God. He kept doing his duty. And if you are working and working and working, can I encourage you with this? I heard this this, this week. Do you know 
If you are working on, uh, if, if you'll take Chinese bamboo and plant it in the ground, you can work in that first year. You water it, you tend the soil, you, you pull the weeds, you work in that first year. And do you know that nothing happens that you can see in that first year? So you keep working, and you keep waiting, you keep watering, you keep tending the soil. And after the end of that second year, nothing happens that you can see. And the same in the third year, and the same in the fourth year, but in the fifth year, Chinese bamboo can break through the soil and grow 80 feet in six weeks. Sometimes three feet in one day. Think about that. It's sort of, for five years, it's sort of growing its roots out. It's germinating. It's doing their thing. But you don't see anything. But if you keep working, you keep working, you keep watering, you keep uh, fertilizing, you keep pulling the weeds. And next thing you know, there's a breakthrough and growth like you wouldn't believe. Folks, the God who designed the process of the Chinese bamboo tree designed you and me as well. You keep working and you keep waiting, actively waiting, and you'll set yourself up for for what's going to happen. Just like in Zechariah verses 11 through 12, look what happens. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him. Hadn't happened in 400 years. An angel of the Lord appeared to him standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, don't be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you're to call him John. Zechariah asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? I'm an old man, and my wife is well along in years. And Oh, that's a wise husband right there. Look at that. I am old and my wife is well along in years, says my wife. The angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God and I have been sent to speak to you and tell you this good news. And now you be... And now you'll be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their appointed time. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah and wondering why he stayed so long in the temple. And when he came out, he could not speak to them. (laughs) They realized he'd seen a vision in the temple for he kept making signs to them but remained unable to speak. The first recorded game of charades right here, right here. (laughs) You just imagine him going... Like an angel from heaven, and now we're going to get pregnant. They're like, a bird came, and now you got indigestion? Like, what is going on? But eventually, he gets the point across to them. Now, I'm not sure why the angel struck him mute for the pregnancy. I, I don't know. We're kind of left to speculate a little bit. It was because he doubted, but what was the purpose of it? What were they trying to do? I don't imagine that God was just punishing him. And so we're left to speculate a little bit. Now, here's what I wonder. I wonder if Zechariah's prayers had become like mine become sometimes. Just basically a Christmas list. God, I want this. God, can you make this happen? God, can you bless this? Please do that. Please do that. I want this. Can you help me with that? 
And I just wonder if sometimes I ought not to be uh, 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 speaking as much in my prayers and sometimes maybe listening more in my prayers. How about you? Or I wonder if God struck him mute as a way to humble him. As a way to give him some time to really focus on what was said earlier. That God is sometimes wanting to do something in you in the waiting. That sometimes what God is wanting to do in you in the waiting is just as important as the thing that you're waiting for. So I'm not exactly sure why he was struck mute, but he was. In nine months, we flash forward nine months later, verse 57, when it was time for Elizabeth to have her baby, she gave birth to a son. Her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown her great mercy, and they shared her joy. And then Zechariah sort of makes his signs to name him John in verse 64. Immediately, his mouth was then opened, his tongue set free, and he began to speak praising God, verse 67, was filled with the Holy Spirit and sang. And the next 10 verses are the song that he sang. The song of Zechariah. Guys, I'm here to tell you that God turns silence into singing. God turns silence into into singing. This was a man that had been waiting, who had been wondering, is God even there? God has been silent for hundreds and hundreds of years. Is God even there? And now I'm silent for this long. But when the the, the baby is born, he's so overjoyed. He's so fulfilled. He's so happy with what God has done. The goodness of God in his life, he can't help but sing. For 10 verses, he sings. If you're feeling alone and scared this Christmas, can I encourage you with the words that Gabriel uh, Gabriel encouraged Zechariah with? I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. I've got good news. There is hope. If you're underemployed or underemployed or frustrated in your job and you've just been waiting and waiting and waiting, can I encourage you? I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. I've got good news. There is hope. God has the ability to turn silence into singing. If your marriage is not what you want it to be, if your 401k is taking a hit, you've failed again if you've come back to that same destructive thought pattern that same destructive habit in your life can i just encourage you he's gabriel he came from god he's got good news and there is hope if you're waiting on test results and this is one that hits close to home I am Gabriel. I came from God. And I've got good news. There is hope. Hope has entered the world through Christ. And that's what we celebrate this Christmas season. 
The hope that made Zechariah sing is the same hope that is available to you. So as we close today, I just want to encourage you. If you've not said yes to Jesus, if you've not yet accepted him as your leader and as your forgiver, your Lord and Savior, I just want to encourage you. After this service, go find one of our pastors, go find one of the volunteers, and they'll help you make that decision today. If you need help today, some encouragement today, some way that we can come alongside you, then please don't leave today without getting the help that you need. Maybe that's your next step with God. Maybe that's the work that he's asking you to do in the midst of the waiting. And guys, this is a special season. Christmas at Willow. We've got amazing things planned throughout the month. Albert's going to come. Megan's going to be here. It's going to be tremendous. Would you please invite a friend? You know, half the people that you invite will come. Studies say that 50% of the people we invite will come. So if you want three of your friends to come, would you go invite six people? Get them here for what God is going to do. And maybe your next step is to get in a small group to begin to think about what generosity looks like for you, to participate in the the hope for youth. One of the things that that we've done this weekend at all of our campuses is hope packs. There have been people packing this weekend. Some of our campuses started yesterday. Some are packing today. Thousands and thousands and thousands of packs, gift packs given out to incarcerated folks. Our goal is to give one to every incarcerated person in Illinois. And that is awesome. And I love that. And your campus pastor is going to come, whatever location, your campus pastor is going to come in just a minute and share more about that in just a second. Let me close this in prayer. God, we love you. So grateful for the way that you're working in our life. God, for some of us, um, we are in the middle of a season of waiting, and it is hard. Lord, help us to not give up on you. Help us to not give up on what you're calling us to do. Father, when I think of these hope packs, I think, you know, sometimes, God, we're waiting to be blessed, and you're calling us to be a blessing. Lord, maybe that's what you're calling some of us to do. Maybe it's focusing on others at this moment would break us out of uh, of depression, would break us out of whatever place that we're stuck at in our life. Lord, show us the next step and give us the courage then to take it. Lord, we love you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.